Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game, Rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try hard to stick to reasonable languages for all ages, listeners should know that this is a podcast that may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., may bear resemblance to persons living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Okay, and welcome back to the show. Thank you for stopping in and spending some time with us this evening, or this morning, depending on what time it is. Uh, our full cast is here tonight for another wonderful episode to uh, hopefully entertain you. Uh, to my direct right... Uh, Slani, I'll be playing uh, Lawrence Edward Oliver Forsyth, and who he is currently looking for a doctor. And to his right... I am Heather. I am playing Stasi to her friends, or Anastasia Edwina Fairchild, and currently in her abode awaiting her roommate. I'm Jake. I'm playing uh, Jack Doyle, Private Eye, and I am currently catching lead in buckets. Uh, maybe. <laughs> well, maybe you're at least ducking, if nothing else, right? When we last mm-hmm, left, mm-hmm. Mr. Doyle, there was a automatic weapons fire that's generally not the greatest way to end an episode but we use it as a wonderful cliffhanger for all our listeners and then to his left or to my left this is james i'll be playing dr sigmund von tartenbach uh the group physician and right now he is currently being a doctor so that is that is actually quite helpful uh and then uh last but not most certainly not least uh tiffany i will be playing mave o'shea who isn't doing anything interesting right now. I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> it's all on the inside, Maeve. It's all on the inside. Okay, so because I'm the person I am, I'm going to wait on coming to Jake. I would like to start <laughs> with Mr. Forsyth. You left Doyle's detective office yes. in search for... Dr. Tottenbach. Yes. Because you had a series of questions for him, at least. Or perhaps you had something to give him? Well, I have something to give him, definitely. Um, I'm also troubled by um, the fact that visions can actually leave rocks with me. So, yeah. In light of all the other unusual things that have happened, I think a talk with the doctor might be best. That seems fair. So, you arrive at the doctor's office at it is after normal office hours when you arrive there, but your keen eyes do detect the faint glow of a back office light still on. Well, I, I know that he frequent. I, I he I believe he lives here as well. I think I live above. Yeah. Yeah. So traditionally, <laughs> your your actual home is above it's your above. office. Yeah. But to say that he lives and kind of breathes his work on a regular basis is probably not too far off. Not inaccurate. No. <laughs> okay. So you arrive at the office. Quiet street. There's a bit of a bit of a breeze has kicked up, and you feel the first droplets of rain on your face. Oh, it's a very cold rain too, because this is April. <laughs> Actually, technically, we're still a 
day or two left of March at this point. That's right. But either way. Yeah. So I, uh, doorbell the uh, entrance. There's a definite buzzer that comes from the front door. Not uncommon for the doctor's office to get a a buzz after hours. One moment. One moment, please. Uh, Mr. Forsyth, please come in. I do, quickly. Doctor, thank you. Close. Sorry to disturb you at such a late hour. Check the uh, outside. Uh, the, the city traffic is, for the most part, pulled off now that the business day is over. There are a few folks who are still out walking. It looks like there's a family across the street that's uh, coming back from uh, someplace deeper downtown. Uh, you can see that some of the gentlemen across the street have also uh, raised their umbrellas, as it looks like there's a bit of rain coming. Close and relock the door. What can I do for you, Mr. Forsyth? Um, well, I was instructed to deliver something to you, and also um, I have some questions. First, let me give you this, and I reach inside my breast pocket and pull out a stone and hand it to him. He hands take, you take it very cautiously with trepidation. He hands you a obelisk style blue stone, and when you Take the stone in your hand. There's a definitive vibration that starts at your index and thumb and travels all the way through your wrist to your elbow before pausing and eventually ending its somewhat nervous, frenetic energy off into your collarbone. You definitely feel something from this. This is impressive. What is it? I have no idea. Well, um... But it was given to me with very specific instructions that I give it to you. Put it on my desk. <clears throat> Doctor puts it on his desk. It is supposed to protect you, I was told. Protect me from what? I have no idea. I oh, after the recent, uh, after the recent incursion, if you will, adventure, I'd like to know what I'm being attacked by or protected from. But I understand um, if you don't know. <laughs> well, the only thing they said was was uh. Give me a moment to consult my notes. That's okay. Examine the rock while he's I gathering. His... It's exceedingly smooth. The one who whispers. One who whispers. So the one who whispers is wishes me harm, or us harm. Yes. Okay. Is... Then. At... Understand. I was told this by an eight-foot man while I was unconscious, but oh well. I... <laughs> fairly commonplace then, at least for recent events. You do realize, Mr. Forsyth, that I used to be a normal doctor, right? <laughs> I'm of course kidding. Would you like a cup of joke or a cup of coffee? Please. I, I think I need one. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll go get them. I'll be right back. <laughs> There's still some coffee in the, uh, the pot from earlier today. It's probably just take a few minutes to get on the burner that you've got back there to warm up enough. Keep examining the rock while I'm making coffee. It's eight foot tall man, you say? Yes. Uh, there are some there are facets. There are some facets in the stone there. There are different colors that have been blended into this. It's definitely lapis. You've seen lapis before. Sure. It's... But it has a hum to it. Oh, yeah. It, it has a vibrational feel in your hand when you hold it. 
There's maybe not that much of a vibration. Like if you were to put it against your skin, like your head, or you wouldn't feel like a. It's not going to give you a massage by any means, but it's more like you feel. You feel the the blood vessels in your skin react to it, and yet the stone itself remains cool, almost cold. Put it in my shirt pocket. Yeah. Keep it with me. Yeah. Bring back the coffee. Hey, you all, Mr. Forsyth. Thank you. Um, while I'm here, Doctor, I have a question. Sure. By all means. Have you ever been to South America? <laughs> if you had asked me this question, Mr. Forsyth, up to, I would say, two days ago, I would have said, absolutely not. You are insane. Now, unfortunately, I have to say, absolutely, and you are insane. But that's another joke, Mr. Forsyth. <laughs> I'm not good at these. Wait, uh, on character, do you have those documents with you? I do. Can I have those, please? Apparently, I went to Peru at one point. Not that I remember it. You have them in your... Uh, satchel or briefcase, or yes, I I will in fact send these to the doctor and say, do these help your memory? He produces a series of drawings for you. Uh, one of them is actually a fairly detailed topographical map of Peru. Uh, that topographical map seems purchased, as if uh, maybe it was something that was purchased while they were there. The other two, though, are mostly hand drawn examples of one is of the countryside and the other seems to involve um, some sort of excavation or dig site. The ruins. Yeah. In fact, one of them seems to be some sort of pyramid. And you feel a, a flash of memory at seeing the topographical example of something you might have been in. Or... If your memory is correct, we're in. If memory serves me, and it hasn't been very well recently, yes, I have been here. Um, in fact, I've been to this exact place. The pyramid. When was this? Years ago. Two years ago. Uh, if the information that I am gathering is to be believed. Believe me, it is as unusual as sounding to me as it is to you, as I have no recollection other than a few brief visions that I have had, and some second-hand information that I have gotten from a trusted source. Doctor, if I hadn't pulled those out of my attic... Now, so far, you are the third person I've talked to that I've met in the last week who's been to Peru at about the same time I evidently was in Peru. I don't remember Peru, and I don't remember any of you. Uh, neither do I. This disturbs me to no end. I rely on my, my, my intellect. It is literally, literally, as you say, my butter and bread. So what do you know? Well, I know that whatever happened to me there, and whatever happened to us there, was so traumatic that I blocked it out, gone from my memory. I have been doing a lot of research into that, actually. That's the very thing. 
uh, psychologists refer to it as, um, oh, I had it on the tip of my tongue, um, disassociation, is a uh, mental condition. Now, for it to happen to all of us, well, now I'm beginning to suspect it might be something more than just a grand medical condition. Unless we all have the same medical condition. Or if it was imposed upon us by a, uh, your eight-foot-tall friend who only appears when you are sleeping. I'm not knocking it after what we have seen. Trust me. But it's neither here nor there. We really should find out if we've all been there. And if that's the case, we should get them, get everyone together and compare notes. Well, I've already talked with Miss O'Shea and Mr. Doyle. Uh, the only one I don't have a location on is uh, Stasi. Stasi. Oh. Well, have you tried calling her apartment? No, I have not. I have her number on file. Hang on. I think what I'll rule it as is it's probably um, a big house that's been split into two different flats. An upper and a lower. Okay. And it's it. it's a faculty house, so you probably have people that, that live above you. Right. And you and Mary probably dominate the lower floor mm-hmm. because both people, somebody on the upper and somebody on the lower, is a member of the faculty. Right. So it is a house, but it is it's split into two. And most of the time, our upstairs neighbors are probably away because they're on... You know, keeping uh, with the departments, they're yeah. probably off on their own research projects and whatnot. Yeah, so that a, would that would afford us an, a level of privacy. Yeah, absolutely. I'll give her a ring. See if I can get a hold of her. Okay. <laughs> uh, your Miss Townsend earphone rings. Uh, hello. Hello, Stasi. Doctor. How are you? Ah, uh, well, um, I wish I could say uh, completely okay, but I have another weird thing to talk to you about. Mm, I'm going to go out on a limb from previous conversations I've had with a few others and say something to do with South America. Mm. You are as brilliant as you are beautiful. Mm, why, don't you, why don't you come down to my office? We will talk it out. Would you have time? No. Uh, my uh, roommate is not due back for a little while, and I don't think, I think I'll go a little crazy if I stay here in these four walls any longer waiting, so a distraction would be a lovely thing, even one is along these lines. I'll be there shortly. Fantastic. We will see you soon. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye-bye. She'll be here soon. Okay. You recollect yourself kind of pull what you need together, Stasi, and get ready to leave the, uh, the house. Mm-hmm. How are you planning on getting there? Uh, we'll probably, a, could probably call a taxi. Okay. You call a taxi. Yeah, you call a taxi. Mm-hmm. Uh, it shows up probably about 10 or so minutes later. Ooh. You see it waiting outside. Quite prompt. Uh, must have been close. Mm-hmm. So, grab my bag, shut the door, lock, and head in. Yeah, you uh, you walking out the front door, walking out the back door. Which one? Uh, probably front door. Front door. Okay. You walk out the front door and uh, give me a spot hidden roll. Yes, 
that's that is a success. Okay. As you're locking the front door, turning around, heading towards the cab, there's a bit of a yard and a sidewalk, and then the boulevard before you actually get to the cab. Uh, as you're walking towards the cab, you see that there, from your, the left side of the street, the left side of the sidewalk, there, there's someone walking. There's a man, hat, coat, walking up the sidewalk. Does he look like the gentleman that kind of barged in one of the last times? That, uh, no, he's a bit short. It's a little dark, and it's now raining, and so there's a bit of an umbrella to contend with as well. That's true. So I know that he's there and continue. Absolutely. But I do quicken my pace just a touch. You quicken your pace. Um, you're going to end up not necessarily crossing paths them. You're going to cross the sidewalk before. Mm-hmm. So you'll have the 10 or so feet with the boulevard to contend with before you get to the curb where the cab is. Mm-hmm. But as you reach the sidewalk, you hear the sound of horror reach down the back of your neck as an old, gruffer male voice says, Good evening, Agnes. How close am I to the taxi? You're probably about 10 feet. That would quite possibly stop me in my tracks. Running off on another? It's late. I'm sorry. I... I... Who? I'm terribly sorry. He takes a couple steps further towards you. I back. I I, I have not yet turned around. Still facing you can hear me. his footsteps. That's and I all will you probably, need. as I hear the footsteps, I will probably take a couple steps closer to the taxi. You're gonna run off again into the night, just like you did years ago. I'm I'm sorry. I I, I do not. I, I'm I am terribly hey, sorry, buddy. sir. You, you hear him address the taxi. I, she doesn't need the taxi. Why don't you take off? No, I'm here, and I just bolt for the door. Okay, you bolt for the door. Why don't you go ahead and uh, give me your dexterity? No, do not. You bolt for the you bolt for the taxi. A heavy foot comes to the taxi door and kind of smacks against it and staples it shut before you can open it. Your right wrist gets grabbed by a very heavy hand. Not this time, Agnes. Not this time. I can't believe the gall. You'd try to just flush all our lives down the drain and come to Chicago? Unbelievable. You're hurting me. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, just a, a pinch of the pain you put us through. He looks back down to the cab. Hey, Max, scram. Take off. I look at the I look at the cab driver and just very gently like shake my head with this pleading look in my eye. I'm going to have you make a contested charm versus his intimidate role. Of course you are. You betcha. No. You can spend luck. No, not with that role. <laughs> it's close, but not close enough for... You hear, yeah, yeah, no no problem, man, no problem. 
You hear the car get please, put into gear. Please don't. Please don't leave. He looks at you, and then he looks at Herman, and he puts his foot on the accelerator and moves away from the curb. No, please. Please. Herman, let's, let's, let's go of your arm. Is this what you're calling yourself? Miss Fairchild now? It's cute. It's cute. You've obviously gotten through without me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. No No. thanks to you. Any idea how I explained it to my family? Any idea how I explained it to the guys at work? I'm sure you did just fine over about the five or ten beers that you probably put away as you ranted away. Yeah. Yeah, it's been my only solace, I gotta tell you. Only solace. It was my only solace before. Why would it change? You got a lot of nerve. You left me. Yeah? You left me. And everything else that came with it. I bet this whole place thinks you're just another angel. It's just a place to live. It's just another mask for you to wear. Isn't it? Where are you off to? Hmm? Why would I tell you? I don't know. How about because we're married, Agnes? No, we're important. No, we're important. No, we're important. You got to call a cab for, huh? Got to get around somehow. So does the uh, the college here know that you're uh, running under a fake name? What do you want? You know what I want? I want my wife to come home to Milwaukee where she belongs. Your wife is long dead. Why don't you go find another one? Someone else will put up with your garbage. Yeah, well, maybe if my pots hadn't been so cold, there wouldn't have been any garbage. You ever think of that? No. You only think about yourself. You have a good night, Miss Fairchild. I'll be in touch. He stalks on down the University Street. Miss O'Shea. Mm-hmm. You are just about to go off to slumber. Because today's Friday, right? Today is Friday. So tomorrow I have my show. You do have your show. And as you are about to go to sleep, you're still perusing over some of the book that you managed to rescue from Stockyards. And you've come to a bit of an epiphany about what they were researching. They seem to be researching a being called Yig. This creature, this god, as they see fit to have called it, evidently has some root not only in America, but Mesoamerica, but even beyond that. Supposedly, the family that uh, makes its home in Salem, seems to have been worshipping Yig for many, many years. Even back towards colonial times. Okay. And they seem to have sent out several different groups. They call them clutches. To go to different cities to prepare worship centers, almost like a church, to draw people in to their services. There's only a minor footnote about it here, and you managed to put it together. Um, 
some of the history that the book shows. We managed to put it together uh, after reading it for about a week. Your collected time in is just about two weeks, after which you'll get the roll and the rest of the benefits, potentially. Interesting. All right. You drift off to sleep, and in your semi-lucid state, you realize that you are in a hospital bed. And you see a man at your bedside. Okay. At the bedside there, he seems to be wiping your head with a cold towel. You look left, you look right a little bit, and you also see there are others around you in the hospital beds. You see Doyle to your left. You see the doctor to your right. Okay. And in this dream, a reasonably well-dressed African-American man is wiping your forehead and holding your hand, telling you that things are going to be okay. Is it the same man as I identified as Jesse before? Yeah, same man. He says, don't worry, miss. We're going to get you out of here. You're almost better. It's all right. We're back in the States now. I'll make sure everything is all right. Just uh, you hang in there. You kind of lightly drift off to a early Friday night slumber. Mr. Doyle, the mouth of hell has opened for you, and explosion after explosion from this barrel of hell that's been pointed at you only serves to force you back into the war mindset. You hit the deck as quickly as you can. The front of your shop has been eviscerated by weapons fire. Glass, wood, even the street itself have been pocked and shattered by bullet holes. And as the car speeds away, all you can hear is laughter. And then you hear some screaming. Well, I will uh, gingerly and cautiously pick myself up off the ground, brush myself off. You do what any good soldier does. You check yourself for bullet holes just in case. When you do, you realize that you've got a notch in your coat now on the left shoulder. Through and through. It didn't hit you, but it got your coat. Damn, this is my good coat. You have some knowledge, some working knowledge of the Thompson. You also know that the Thompson, while as sinister as a weapon it is... Uh, from a moving vehicle, it is not an accurate weapon. Yeah, it's not much of an accurate weapon, even for not from a moving vehicle. Correct. It is a terrifying weapon, though. Yeah. <laughs> mostly because of all the uh, forty-five caliber ammunition it puts down range. And the sound. The sound is something terrifying. You won't forget that. Nope. Neither will your neighbors now. You dust yourself off. The front end of your business is now a bit... Uh, well, less than reputable now. And a man comes over across the street. Hey, you all right, buddy? Yeah, yeah. I've had worse. <laughs> Golly. Worse than that? What? 
across oh. trenches. Oh, yeah, veteran. Well, uh, he looks left and looks right up the street just to make sure there aren't any cars coming. Well, uh, good luck to you. Yeah. He kind of scampers back across the street. <laughs> and he seems to be uh, scampering for his life. I suppose I should wait for the police. Yeah, within probably a minute or two, you start hearing sirens. They seem quite a ways off. But provided you wait for them, um, they do show up. A couple of uh, uniformed officers show up. Kind of check out the from the building, the front of the building from the safety of their vehicle for a moment, and then get out. Hey, uh, you all right, bud? Yeah. Had some hail damage. Yeah, it looks like it. The, uh, is it a Dion O'Banion weather pattern that came in here? <laughs> I think uh, it's weather from Italy, actually. Weather from Italy, huh? Tough this time of year. Mm. You uh, just take your information down and then, uh, I guess, let us know if you hear anything. Yeah, I'll do that. They take your information down. Um, one of the guys seems to key in a little bit on your name when you give it. And then the older guy says, you used to work, you were a cop like us. Yeah, back in the day. Oh, jeez. Some kind of old case coming back to bite you? Uh, no, no, I think it's a, I think it's a new case, but. Well, listen, buddy, you, uh, you do the right thing. You figure out who these folks are and you let us know. We'll do our best to take care of it. Absolutely. They take your statement. They inspect the building a little bit. Um, they record anything that was damaged and then they basically move about their way. There's really not much for them to do here. Right. If you don't know who did it or aren't going to say. And then the question begs is where are you going from here? (laughs) Well, I was going to go home. Yeah? Change of plans now? No, I think I'm going to go home. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, Miss Stasi, are you still heading to the doctor's office? Uh, Stasi, once she gets her feet underneath her, uh, shaky, shakily, goes back into the house very quickly mm-hmm. and pours herself a very large stiff drink. Right. And downs at least one very quickly and then pours a second one. Um, kind of gets herself together. A little bit. Um, <clears throat> I'll then go into the bedroom, mm-hmm. grab a, a small suitcase, throw, I don't know, just grab a, hand, a couple of handfuls of clothes, just some basics into the bag. Um, a couple of toiletries, <coughs> you know, hairbrush, a few basics on those. Writes out a quick note on letter to Mary mm-hmm. stating that I'm sorry that I have to be I have to leave for a few days unexpectedly and just to be very careful uh, and suggest that she may want to go stay with a friend of ours away from the campus that something 
something has happened and she may not be safe hmm. here at the apartment, that mm-hmm. I would contact her at that friend's house in a few within the few days. Okay. I'll leave that in an envelope on the counter. Take another drink. <laughs> and You've massed the courage to leave the house. Three then I make in. a phone call. And okay. I call I try Mr. Doyle's office. Well, let me think you're given the time. So yeah, around about the time you're about to leave for your house, you're outside. The cops have, have moved on. You're just gonna about ready to go to uh, your domicile, Mr. Doyle. And from inside, from outside, you hear the phone ringing inside. Go back inside. Okay. About four or five rings into it, um, you pick up. Doyle. Mr. Doyle. It's Dazi. Oh. Spirit child, what can I do for you? I'm in need of some assistance. Could you and Mr. Forsyth possibly drive? I believe Mr. Forsyth still have his has a car. Uh, could could you possibly meet me um, on the the northwestern campus? Uh, there's a uh, um, uh, a union uh, where the students eat. Ugh. I rattle off a couple of. Sure. You know, like, it, it's right off there. Could you? Could the two of you meet me there as, as quickly as possible? Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if I can get Mr. Forsyth. He's going over to the doctor's can, place. That's but fine. Can I that, need? I'll, I'll come. Thank you. I will. I'll meet you there. Be. Be careful. Are you okay? No, Mr. Doyle. Things just got a lot worse. Would you want me to come to your house? No. No. I'll meet you at the Memorial Hall. I'll meet you as quickly as possible. Please, just meet me there. Thank you. Quick. I just, I don't even want to. The two of you begin winding your way towards each other. So we'll redline all that travel. We'll say uh, 20 minutes or so passes and you find yourself at Memorial Hall. Um... Miss Daz, you take probably a bit of a surreptitious way there, mm-hmm. um, mindful to check every street corner and every man of a reasonable build wearing um, a coat and a hat and using an umbrella in a rainstorm, which is to say the shadows stare at you from the eyes of many, many men who walk the streets. But you make it. I have a cigarette outside while I'm waiting. Don't even care about convention at this point. Mr. Doyle, you arrive to find Miss Stasi smoking outside the hall. Miss Stasi, I got here as soon as I could. Thank you. We need to go now. Okay. And I almost like escorted to the cab. Yeah. Get it. Did you call Jimmy, by the way? Just wondering. Yeah, I could call Jimmy. I'm just asking. I mean, yeah. it's a cab driver you know. People tend right. to create right. relationships with cab drivers they know. Yeah, he uh, welcomes you into his luxurious yellow cab. Uh, where to? Um, Dr. Talkenbach's office, please. Quickly. Dr. Talkenbach's office. He uh, steps on it and peels I, his way I into traffic. I pull out a flask. 
When she pulls out a flask, it doesn't take you but two seconds to realize she's already been drinking. You can't hide that much booze. Mm-hmm. Want to talk about it now, or do you want to wait till we get to the doctors? It'd probably just be easier to relay any information at one time. Unfortunately, Mr. Doyle, our past is coming back to haunt us. Some of us mm-hmm. more than others. Speaking of which, uh, Jimmy, thanks for uh, relaying that uh, warning to Miss O'Shea. You're welcome. Uh, it, uh, yeah, I like to look out for her when I can. Right, I understand. Well, I mean, she's a good customer. Right, absolutely. That's that's all it is. Yeah. You guys arrive uh, about ten minutes or so later at uh, the office of Doctor Tottenbach. You also see that Mister Forsyth's car is outside. Uh, so when you arrive, most of the lights are off, except the main light, which is probably now on. Um, although the sign says, says cl- still says closed, because it's after hours. Uh, so there I was, standing in the middle of the hall, completely naked, covered in shit. Ah, one second. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Mr. Doyle, please come in. I just push past. Oh. I just go in. I'll check the street before I go in. Okay. Yeah. I check out the windows. Everything on the street, Doyle, seems pretty reasonable to you. Jimmy waits half a second before leaving, but... I make sure to get a nod from you. Unfortunately, Miss O'Shea is asleep at this point. Um, but, you know, that's okay. I stand up as soon as she enters. Absolutely. Take one minute to notice that she's not paying any attention to any of us. <laughs> Most notably you, yes. She's not paying attention to you. Although, you do the gentlemanly thing and you, and you stand up for her, which is what you would be yes. used to doing. Are you okay? She needs help for her nerves, Doc. I have something. I'm sure I have. One more. Opium, just the thing. <laughs> Minor sedative. Roll up your sleeve, please. No, no. I'm... I'll be all right. I just, I got it. I can't. Well, it's already out. I just want to talk to you. Can't put it back in the cabinet. <laughs> you, broke the, you broke the seal, so you have to use it. <laughs> Oops, sorry. Here's some opium. So he just injects himself instead. Yep. <laughs> How do you think he makes it through these episodes? That's right. <laughs> well, I have another cigarette. <sighs> you look shaken. Well... Past can come back to haunt us. I'm finding that to be very true recently. Yeah. More so than I realized. The question is, is your past going to kill you? Possibly. (laughs) Well, then there we go. We've got something in common. Is your past going to kill you more immediately? Not quickly. Mr. Doyle, this sounds like something in your alley. (sighs) Well, as soon as uh, she feels up to telling us. Of course. However, when it comes to us, we are not all here. Where's Miss O'Shea? I assume she's at her house. She was there when I left her to mm. go find Mr. Doyle. Please try to help calm Miss Stasi's nerves, and I will try to get a hold of Miss O'Shea. I am done. Sorry. I was here. 
Okay. <laughs> Mr. Doyle, do you still have any friends in your uh, former line of work? Oh, yes. Any chance you could, you have any favors that to call in? I could, I could talk to some people. What's up? I need to know my roommate's going to be okay. She's due back in town soon, and I, she doesn't know. She doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't know. <laughs> uh, she, <laughs> I just need to know that she's going to be all right. I just need to know that somebody, the place is covered, that she's going to be okay. <laughs> okay. He won't know. He doesn't know. You need to let us know what's going on so I can, uh. Yeah, there everyone has a past, Mr. Doyle. A past that they have tried to run away from and they thought they had killed. Sometimes the dead come back. Dr. Topmach, you ring Miss O'Shea. I do. Um, you are not so deeply sleeping that you do not wake up when you hear your phone ring. One ringy dingy. Two ringy dingy. Two ringy dingy. <laughs> Hello. You hear a, you know, mostly muffled voice. Hello. Miss O'Shea. Yeah. It's Dr. Totten back. Uh, what did I get? A whole hour? It's time for Roughly your shot. <laughs> did you get sleep? A whole hour. Well, then you're an hour more than I have. All week. Like, really? <laughs> That's terrifying. No, I probably got more, but it doesn't feel like it. I can give you something for that, but I would need you to come down to the office. I'm going to need you to come down to the office anyway. Oh. What's going on? Cocaine. We have some things we need to discuss. All of us, not just you. Okay, well, just so you know, I have a job tomorrow night. Okay. Conversation shouldn't take that long. Well, you know, we start meeting up one day, and then a whole weekend passes, and it gets crazy. That's very true. That's I remember that very vaguely. <laughs> so I'm just saying. You know, oddly enough, it was about getting close to about this time last week that y'all met. <laughs> I I did for the audience. I did use air quotes there. Yes, there were there were air quotes air quotes at plenty. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'll be down there. The door would be oh, open. Flashback. We'll see you soon. Okay. You some one minute earlier. So I'll have to call Jimmy. <laughs> you do. You call Jimmy. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, I was just there. What? Oh. At the doctor's office. I was just there. Yeah. They. Everybody apparently had got together without telling me. I'm it must have been a birthday celebration because I'm telling you what, Miss Fairchild, she smelled like a liquor cabinet. So she's having a good night. No, no, no. I mean, she smelled like my liquor cabinet. Oh. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Wait, what are you trying to say? <laughs> you probably drink more than I do. Try to say here, I don't do it behind the wheel. It's not good Not good practice. I'll be over in a few minutes. Thanks. So, while we're waiting for Mr. Shea to arrive, please continue. I pour the last of the flask into a... I don't know, whatever kind of cup or oh, there's a couple of beaker or something cups. whatever I can find. There's some dirty coffee cups, a few meta pieces of medical equipment. <laughs> a beaker. A beaker. Not that one, that that, that, that. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sure what was in there won't kill you. Not many, not much more. At this point. <laughs> you have me concerned. Stasi. Is there something we can do to help you? Not unless you can turn back time, change history, 
Or commit murder. Well, I can do the first two things, and I loathe to do the third thing. But the weekend is proving to shape up no different than the last one, so <coughs> honestly, <laughs> I'm not going to say that I can't do the first two things. I'm just going to say I'm ill-practiced at some. Yeah, I'm not sure um, time dilation is your... We're not really... We haven't gone to the mad scientist portion of the, the game, so you're not... You just give me some time. <laughs> you just let me... Well, wouldn't it be like you taking time? Uh, no, yeah, no, I don't know. But I'll give it back eventually. Stealing right. time. <laughs> right. Or how time flies. Killing time. Miss O'Shea will be here quite soon. And then we will all be gathered yet again. I'm starting to fear when we all get together. Well, I am. It's not only when we get together things happen. That's true. But it does seem to increase the probabilities. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Mr. Forsyth, it dawns on you that... Um, yeah. Your your breast pocket is a bit weightier than it should be. Yeah, yes, but... Um, quite frankly, I don't know whether or not handing this to her in her current state is a good idea. It's hmm. kind of sharp on the end. Well, I mean... Pointy objects and all. But... Ah, uh, Miss Fairchild. Yeah. Hmm? What? What's... He hands you a three to four inch long lapis obelisk. It is cool, almost cold to the touch. And when he gives it to you, there is a definitive hum, almost like a very low-powered electric razor to it. It, it um, It's exciting, almost. Like, it excites the pores on your skin. It's a strange sensation to have in the emotional situation you're in right now, but it definitely feels good. Where is this? What is this? It was given to me while I was unconscious by an eight-foot man who said it will protect you. Mr. Forsyth, we need to go about that story in a <laughs> different know, way. This yeah, time. there's, there's got to be a better way of putting that. This is a. Look, Doyle, I'm, I'm not exactly known for my wordplay here. That's true. It is rather beautiful. It's, um, the out, outer part of the obelisk has a bit of marbling to it as the blues play with white and cream colors. She just hang on to it. Apparently it's uh, supposed to protect us. Protect us? Yeah. Yes. Which I think would do you well right now. Mr. Shea, you arrive out front. I'll, uh, pay Jimmy. Tip him. No. Thank you. Thank you kindly. Have a good night. I will. Stay out of trouble. No promises. <laughs> In other words, don't come when you call. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, that's fair, right? <laughs> you uh, step into the doctor's office. I'm sorry, we are closed. Oh, Miss O'Shea. Can you lock the door, please? <laughs> you lock the door. Danka. Draw the shade. I would. I check the front street again. Fairly quiet, actually. Um, most of the post-dinner traffic is over. Uh, the doctor doesn't really live on, or live and work on an especially busy block, per se, uh, although it is a bit wider of a street uh, in this area of Chicago to accommodate uh, hospital vehicles and that sort of thing. 
and the five of you there together. Yeah, we're once again all gold, all of us here together. <clears throat> so, we have something to discuss. Mm. Uh, these visions that we are having, first of all. South America. Peru. Mm. Everyone, all yes. of us. Yes. And yet, does anyone else notice that we just met last weekend? Apparently that's not true. Apparently that's not true. Have you seen this yet? He hands you a news article. Anybody else know who Jesse is? Jesse? No. He was with us. He was? You know who Jesse is? I've met him, apparently. Okay. Apparently he was quite important. Right. To our okay. return and my recovery. Mine too. Hmm. In the hospital? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I did see you there. And Doyle. Doyle oh, in the hospital? Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. It was stateside, though. Larkin? Larkin. Augustus. Augustus Larkin. Hmm. Does that name strike any bells? It's funny you should mention that. Why don't you roll sanity? Because <laughs> I didn't want to keep mine anyway. <laughs> I'm clearly done with it. I wasn't using it anyways. Uh, how about a... Mm. What is my current sanity? So I rolled a 50, and my current sanity is uh, slightly less than that. <laughs> okay. So, for the moment, we'll leave your sanity where it is. You do... The name does ring a bell. Uh, you remember on the long train ride... You remember during that vision you have of the long train ride down to South America? You remember that you were answering the invitation of one Augustus Larkin to assist in the excavation of a mysterious pyramid that they'd been found in the Peruvian desert or Peruvian jungle, sorry. And it snaps in your memory like you snapping a reed. Uh, on the lake, Mr. Doyle. You see a yellow piece of paper get passed between the two of them. So it says proof positive that we've known each other before. Come on, this. Well, I mean, it's it's evidence that some physical evidence that. that Did we I think all we should contact that. Uh, I think I've been trying to contact Lark and I haven't been able to do so yet. Um, I think I should, we should check that hotel and see if we can get any information from them. This is a fantastic idea. Did we all end up Stasi, in the hospital? Please, put out your cigarettes. Good lord. No, no. I don't have any recollection of the hospital. I do. That's not true. I remember that I ended up in a hospital. Very brief flash, but I don't... 1921. The archaeological dig. I know I Mr. Forsythe we found some drawings. Has anybody else found any f other physical evidence of this? Actually, in all of my journals, that entire time period is gone. That's Not enough. a mention. That is evidence enough. Not nothing. Sometimes. I'm sure as you know, we don't look for what we're seeing, we look for what we're not seeing. And in this case, 
if all of your journals have been changed in such a way that it would seem I just think it's weird that you everybody has something physical and mine is nothing yeah I, I don't have anything physical I, well, I haven't I've had an opportunity either. to look I was going to go back to my apartment and check uh, there. Um, mm. I, have I don't really want to go back to my office. In I the think moment. your lack of evidence is your evidence. That's true. I'm not. I don't have anything yet. Have you looked? And are you sure? I can't go back there, Miss Stasi. How is it that we all have physical evidence, and you come to us? Complaining of well, not complaining. I'm not, not saying you're complaining, but you come to us with stories of your past having come back to haunt you. It would seem to me that you, in fact, do have something from your past, physical evidence. No, but I, he he was not involved. He couldn't be. He, he wasn't. Why would you tell us who he is? Indeed, and perhaps we can help. <sighs> Mister Doyle is known for doing very good things. Very terrible things. <laughs> hey. Well, I suppose so. <laughs> well, you know, a little bit of both. It doesn't matter. It can't matter. He had nothing to do with it. He wasn't. He was long gone. He was never a part of this. I was in. I was here. <laughs> this would put us in, in, 19, Peru in, the, for a in long 1921. Time. <laughs> Not, I mean, all that travel, not necessarily. It looks like part of the road from Lima to Kamana is actually a very large trade route, well traveled. Um, you could probably, in a leisurely trip, it would probably take you a few. Uh, uh, two weeks. Well, that's what I'm but, thinking. But, but I don't think that we, if we went, we went leisurely. Still. I mean, that's still like a week and a half, right? Maybe. I don't know. I guess it depends how we traveled, too. We traveled on train. Oh. Okay. I have a train ticket. Okay. I remember us being, I think, in a truck at some point. A bus? I'm going to call some connection. Do you have any connections at the local big hospital? I would assume so. I mean, you're a uh, doctor that works out amongst the people, so you would probably have contacts at the hospital. Sure. Okay. I'm going to give them a call real quick. Okay. All right. Um, see if I can get records. Uh, I need to look up inoculations for a Miss... What was your full name? Maeve O'Shea. Inoculation. Yeah. Travel inoculations, especially. Leaving the country... Even in the teens, especially in the teens, they would inoculate you for what you could, so to prevent you from catching what you could catch. Okay, so I'm going to have you make a medicine roll, but not that you're doing medicine, but you're... Actually, wait, no, sorry, scratch that. I'm going to have you make... What's your credit rating? 40. Give me a credit rating roll. Are you... Telling your contact that you just need her records? Or are you telling her the contact anything else? Uh, I need to see her records for the last couple of years. Um, they would I, ask you if you're her physician. Yes, absolutely, I'm her 
first position. Okay, then you're going to be given advantage on this roll. Okay. I am absolutely on her. Or you are flexing your um, professional okay. muscle, as it were. Yeah, I'm just going to probably your dice. I'm yeah. using it for your benefit here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to roll a nine. Oh, uh, yeah. 14 under my credit rating. So well, that's under my success. That's, yeah, that's under my heart. They tell you uh, normally it would take them probably a few hours to look the records up, but if you don't mind holding for just a few moments, they'll... Don't mind at all. Okay. They come back probably five or so minutes later, you hear a bit of a scramble on the phone and some papers, and they say, uh, d Doctor, uh, it does appear that... It does appear she was inoculated uh, for several different... They, they list uh, three or four shots that she was given... In 1921. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Don't shame. You're welcome. Uh, and uh, you have a good day. I may call back later with another patient. I'm doing a case study, but... Uh, of course. We'll, we'll be here until night. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Hang on. Miss O'Shea, mm -hmm. you did leave the country. In fact, you've been inoculated. Well, I figured that I had. I mean, I know we were in some restaurant when we all met... Um, this also proves with things other than things we found that we did in fact leave the country. Doyle, when Miss O'Shea remember, mentions the restaurant, mm -hmm. it triggers your memory of being in the bar with her. Right. Yeah, so, there was, there was and actually, actually a bar. Meeting Larkin at the bar. Yeah. Larkin was there. I talked to him. And, and this memory. A bar. It was hot. Yeah, a lot it was of, uh, hot and humid. We talked about the pyramid. Uh, there was a news story about an expedition for a lost pyramid. So, hmm. I'd like everyone to make me. Actually, what we're going to do is make a group. What's called a group pow roll. So, what I'd like to do is I'd like to know the lowest pow in the group. I got a sixty-five. Fifty. Fifty. Forty. <laughs> Fifty-five. I'm gonna, oh. I'll be making a group power roll for you. I just need to know the lowest. Aren't you glad I'm already crazy? Great and curve. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. You said 40? 40. Okay. So you all are commiserating a bit about this. You're trading, um, you know, the, the bulletin, the news story, the maps of Peru back and forth. And as you do so, each of you who are carrying this, this blue stone on you now, begin to feel that same resonant hum that you felt when you hold it. You start feeling it all over your body. And in front of you, you begin to see this breakaway vision as you've done before. As with all of your other single visions, you see a table at a hotel. You see seats. You see yourselves sitting in them, commiserating, drinking. Doyle, you see Larkin patting you on the shoulder, telling you about how great the expedition's gonna be. Is Jesse there? Absolutely. Okay. Across the table, there is a young, um, well-suited African-American gentleman who is, uh, regaling you with his world travel and his ability to uh, you know, 
his ability to impress those he he talks he's a very well spoken man uh, Miss Dazzle, you see yourself years younger than you are now and almost freer the uh, the Peru air has seemed to do you fairly well and you're trading stories with uh, another one of Larkin's um, compatriots a man named Mendoza uh, who's a has a different almost a dangerous feel to him Mendoza Miss O'Shea is not far from you in this vision the same man who you would eventually see turn into a monster in one of your other visions right the monster although you cannot see his rows and rows of circular teeth at this point he's he's not lampering currently right you have this collective harmonious vision it almost feels like a a seance almost it lasts maybe 30 seconds until it slips into the ether and you land hard back into the current reality that you're in and now everyone makes me a sound there it is. oh not you Mr. Forsyth we'll just hang on to yours from previous time four yes <laughs> no Holy oh, shit, Bird. Not even a little bit. I made it by two. High five. Yes. I failed it by 30-something. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Made it. Okay, so for those of you who did not make it, uh, you lose a point of sanity from having a literal vision in front of you. For those of you who did make it... Um, you lose a point of sanity. No. <laughs> for those of you who did make it... For watching your friend's eyes bleed. The memories are not fleeting. They now stick as a fixed point in your brain. They are no longer obscured by the fog of history. That little grain of sand is no longer placed into a pearl. It is an actual memory in your brain. Now you remember being in Peru, at least at the bar, in the hotel, at least talking with Augustus Larkin, the man who had invited you down there for the expedition, meeting each one of you, you begin to create those actual ties. And it makes a whole lot more sense all of a sudden. Or perhaps it simply confirms that you're crazy. <laughs> Whichever you're hoping for. I'm going for crazy. <laughs> The uh, crystals stop humming. You stop feeling the vibrational sensation from them. Well, that was interesting. Uh, yes. So this uh, guy that I just noticed this time, uh, Mendoza, he turns into a monster. Like, okay. Uh, no, like, like a figurative monster? No, no, nope. no. Okay. I don't think so. Are we talking something along the lines of what we saw? Uh, he looked before? like what? like he had uh, big... leech mouth. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, like a mouth, like um, with the, the extra oh, the teeth. And the, the... There you go. Yeah, yeah. Such a waste of handsomeness. 
Oh my god. But then, so, if I remember right, Doyle grabs this gold piece. He has to put it into a. It has to fit into something. I know that's what we were grabbing it for. Because we had to find Larkin. But, anyways, he turns into some crazy monster. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> if it's anything along the lines of what we saw before, shipyard, the, the yards, I the stuttered. I, I can't. But we did. It, yeah. actually, it actually seems and oh. feels wholly different from what you experienced at the stockyards. Miss O'Shea brings up a valuable point. It's not that you can't. Because you already did, apparently. Right. We all met at that bar. In Peru? Yeah. At the archaeological dig? No. This was at the bar before when we first were deciding on what to do. Yes. In Lima. In Lima. In Lima. In Peru. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what they're talking about with all this crazy stuff because, you know, it's like leeches and don't don't remember a bit of it. No, but you definitely remember traveling by train to Peru. This is true. This is true. And that fact for you is unavoidable. But But I think that's why they ended up in hospitals and I don't remember ending up in a hospital and they don't remember me in a hospital. If we could go back. That would be good. Yes. That good. Yes. Wait. Okay. Yes. Let, let me throw. Let me. Yeah. Yeah. Get it. The one get that out of town. deals with mystical, yes. spooky stuff. That'd be good. I need to go. My point go. is, if we go back and we start snooping in all the same places, who's to say there isn't somebody waiting for us to go back, figuring out that we're remembering something we're not supposed to remember? Oh, you have a very good point. It's exciting. We won't know Wait. unless we do it. Well, that's a way to describe it, I suppose. Wait. It's an abandoned think... temple in the middle of nowhere? Well, if we already went there, it's already been if memory discovered. Serves. If memory serves. But it doesn't seem Miss O'Shea, um, you can tear down as much jungle as you want, and... If you're a mile away from it, you would never know that somebody did. The very earth down there moves to conceal anything a man does. The temple is not completely empty, by the way. Well, I would assume there's more monsters in there. Ah, there's something in there. uh, As I said, if memory serves. I'm just saying because if that... It's not like that guy um, just randomly turned into a monster. No. Uh, okay, there, there are two things I would like to point out before we go any further. Yeah, that One, we're talking about monsters? That's entirely... We're way beyond that. <laughs> he has a point to be off uh, past that now. Yeah, I mean, that that ship has sailed. One, we let's not even talk about going down there until we know more. Okay, yeah, there's sure. no reason to just rush down there yeah. for no reason, half-cocked. Half and two, why would we even go down there? I understand 
that we have these huge holes in our memory. There's a mystery. But, obviously, it didn't work out so well last time. And maybe our minds have paved over it for a reason. Maybe there's no reason to go down there. Morbid curiosity is not a good reason. And trust me, I deal in morbid curiosity all the time. You sound just like my father. I spent three hours looking for Augustus Larkin, only to find out it was the wrong Larkin. I, I, I'm just I, saying I cannot find anything on him okay. where he's at. Maybe he died down there. Quick, let's but go and confirm. Our, but that's not our problem. Better than staying here. Two years later, nothing bad has come from it. Maybe we should just let sleeping dogs. You say fly. that, but we didn't start having these memories after until after all that crazy shit happened. Yet. Well, some crazy shit happens, and it started up some memories. Okay, but I say I say we just just because you don't remember a guy turning them, into a monster doesn't mean it's not related to a giant then, snake sleeping under Chicago. And then bury the shovel. <laughs> I I, I have enough issues right now enough. without worrying about what happened two years ago in some temple down in the jungle. I actually agree with Mister Doyle on this one. Even though it was my suggestion, it was just a suggestion. I have a practice that I have to worry about right now. But, but we can continue looking into it. But I say we do it safely from the uh, streets of Chicago. Yeah, as, as safe as they are. There had to be some news or something about something, or you would well, think. I mean, we're talking about people that disappeared, like Mendoza, gone. I mean, if he was a monster, well, he was killed, so he's gone. Okay. So what you're contending? I'm just. And I hate to interject, but what you're contending is is that when people go missing, something usually is reported. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like something would... I mean like Jonathan Swift. <laughs> oh. Well, I guess it depends who's looking up <laughs> okay. for that, that, so is, right. that is simply my point. But go continue. continue. <laughs> hey, I tell you what. If we could find this Jesse character that people keep talking about... He's the one I want to find. Now, if we had... A, I, I assume he's from New York. It sounds like he's from New York. If we had a last name, maybe we could find him. Maybe we could talk to him. Maybe we could talk, call this uh, hotel and talk to somebody there. I have a better question. How old was Larkin when do I remember when we met him? Oh, Larkin seemed to be in his um, maybe mid-30s or uh, early 40s. He didn't seem to be an old man by any means. Just, he, just he a bit a, older than me. A bit older than you, yeah. And he actually seemed to have a... A bit of season to him. He didn't seem like a, at least at first from your memories, he didn't seem like a wild man or anything uh, unbecoming. He was, he was, seemed to be a seasoned explorer and excavator. But, but my question is, my, my question remains, if we went down there at the behest of Larkin, I assume Larkin went with us. Um, yeah, it's actually, um... Let me think here. Um, no, we met him in the bar down you, there. You did, but but we went um, down there for hold mm -mm. a moment. Um, Mr. Doyle, you had a vision where you were on horseback. Right. Um, Mr. Larkin was with you during that experience. So right. at some point after the bar, uh, he was with you going towards this yeah, location. Yeah, I, I assume that he, he was probably down there before us setting stuff up, arranged for us to meet him down there. We, so where is he now? Well, we well, lost track the of him at one However, point. However, 
if he's a seasoned explorer, it's quite possible that somebody in the uh, scholarly archaeological realm might know who he is. And I do believe that we have a fine uh, museum and uh, university here. In a, if nothing else, he'd have left an obituary. Maybe. If he died and somebody left an obituary. If he just disappeared in the jungles, there may never be an obituary. Mm. But then there'd be an article about someone well, disappearing. Especially if they're in the news for going and doing an expedition. If it's newsworthy to go, then them turning out missing would be equally newsworthy. Yeah, I, I guess the only thing that I would say to that is, especially given your history, um, everything that happened in the Panama Canal build got reported, right? No, there was a lot that didn't get reported. Okay, so that's well. just my point. Yeah. My point is, is that uh, just because something is, I mean, this is the 20s, keep that in mind. Traveling and, ex and excavations and digs, especially when it comes to Egypt and whatnot, in that time, they're real hot. They're very popular in the news. And they don't always do follow-ups on those pieces. Could be because reporters aren't paid to or something else is going on. But the other part of it is that people also, I would know this much, um, people keep track of one another for much the same reason that um, a certain uh, fictional German would keep track of one Dr. Jones. Okay, sure, but, but barring any Indiana Jones references, I guess the thing that I'll, I'll point out is, is that Peru isn't necessarily as developed as Egypt or any of the other places where common dig sites might be. Um, it's, it's Lima, Peru. So there might not be a reporter from the Times or from the Chicago Tribune. True, or, but I'm not thinking about reporters. I'm thinking about other archaeologists because the race to find new dig sites to find new discoveries sure. causes a lot of professional problems. Sure, absolutely. People keep track of one another. And absolutely. It's just the uh, characters have not yet investigated the paper. Yeah. I mean, other than Tiffany... Uh, Tiffany's character, although uh, Tiffany's character unfortunately failed that role, so we don't really know if there is anything else out there about Larkin's expedition failing. Well, because y'all haven't checked it. <laughs> it's very late. It's quite late. And we are not going to get many more answers this evening. No. Well, if we're going to start getting answers, it'll have to be tomorrow. Miss Darcy, I have a couch upstairs. Would you like to sleep on it? I will sleep down here. I grab a, give a like a piece of paper or something mm -hmm. on. I got a desk. Okay, so I'm not saying anything. Just go over to the desk and just grab a piece of paper. I write down three names on it. Oh, I can't read. Oh. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of this by guesswork. So. <laughs> Yeah, I write down. I write down three names. One uh, is my contact at the paper. The second is the name Salomone, and the third uh, is the name of a 
professor in the archaeology department at uh, Northwestern University. And I just slide it over. If you want to research, those are the people you need to talk to. As for me, I unfortunately... No one knows you are going to be here. There is a perfectly good couch upstairs. I insist. I cannot put any of you at risk. <laughs> I'm sorry, Liebchen. Uh, we are well beyond that now, don't you think? <laughs> Dr. Uh, the, giant, the giant snake, remember? <laughs> that was, oh boy. Okay. Right. Listen, earlier this evening... Dr. Talkenbuck, there are more monsters out there that do not have five rows of teeth and four dozen eyeballs and other things. None of them know where my couch is at. Listen, whoever you're running from can't be as bad as some of the stuff we face. Heck, I got caught in some Chicago lightning earlier today and I'm doing just fine. I'm not too worried about... uh, Mr. Doyle, I would face a hundred... I would face a hundred of those horrors that we found in the stockyards over what followed found me today. Dr. Lieber. You have you have a number of options. Um, Dr. Todbach has a couch. I'm sure Doyle has a couch. And you know he can protect people. Uh, Miss O'Shea has a place to live. I have a home not far from here. <laughs> You guys, all of you barely know me. Why would you do this? Because we don't barely know each other. We've known each other for two years. We've known each other for quite a while, Miss Darcy. <laughs> Besides, even if we hadn't, last weekend says that we know each other well enough to protect you. And then we all have skeletons, I'm sure. I have one quite literally in the other room. Would you like to see? <laughs> no, I'm getting Thank you. Look, I don't know about anyone else, any of the other men here at the table, although I suspect they feel the same way about it. When a woman shows up in distress, you do what you're supposed to. Yeah. So that's what you, you protect. You protect your friends and your loved ones. Not only that. Even I if mean, they are just recent friends. We're talking about just a man. I'm just saying, after what we faced, I mean, is we're kind of small potatoes. Is he 19 feet tall? <laughs> <laughs> Is he green? <laughs> I'm not this bird. <laughs> now, Liebchen, come, rest. All right, I'm going to call the evening there, provided right. Stasi's going to stay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, the doctor's not giving her a choice, honestly. Oh, okay. He's doing the German, like, hen-pecking mother thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's does this nice. rag smell like chloroform? Yeah. <laughs> Is this, does this smell like knockout gas to you? <laughs> at, this point, at this point, she's, she's in, inebriated and no, scared should, enough that, really yes. <laughs> oh, wait, oh, wait, that was the fast gene. Wait, hold yeah. on. She right, will, so. she will acquiesce. Acquiesce, okay. So. And allow that out on the condition as she looks at Mr. Doyle, please send someone yes, to absolutely. make sure she's mm-hmm. supposed to arrive soon. Okay, I will do so. All right, well, we'll call Thank this you. evening's festivities there, and then we will catch back up with you next week. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.